It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. Let's go, let's go straight out to the HRP guest line. Being joined now by Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Been on a heater to start the football season. Lee, if my math is correct, 34 12 and 1 last four weeks, 40 17 and 1 this football season? That's it. That's insane. Yeah, it's been quite a run. So just sitting back and enjoying it. And, uh, you know, that way, we're not going to win every game or every week. It's just not going to happen. But uh, when you pile up wins, uh, leads, you know, you're relaxed going into the next week, and I'll say that. Lee Sterling, you can find him on Twitter at Paramount Sports. you, you got to get in business with Lee. He's handing out these winners like we're talking about. Let's get into the games, Lee. We'll start with yep. LSU giving six points against a Missouri team that may be surprising a few people. Yeah, you know, over the last couple of years, Eli Drinkwitz has been very conservative. I mean, they... They were throwing it underneath early and often. Actually, I would say it's kind of boring. But all of a sudden, Brady Cook has started to cook, and he has thrown, wow, he has just gone wild the last three games, 356, 341, and 395 passing yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions here. And everyone's talking about this LSU defensive line in the offseason. Well, I know they've had some injuries in the defensive backfield, but they've given up 45 points to Florida State and 55 now to Ole Miss here. they got to do better than that here. I think the wrong team is favored. I like Missouri outright 30-27. to 27. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Lee, around here is another big one, and it's going to be in College Station, and it's A&M hosting number 11 Alabama. And, and this might be the year for the Ags to kind of relive the Johnny Manziel, Manziel era. And maybe get a win against Alabama, who seems to be their 11th, but they don't look to be the same kind of Alabama team. How do you see that one going? Yeah, what's interesting about this game is both defenses, since their loss, have really stepped it up. Alabama allowing just 30 points over the last three games. And Texas A&M just 28. Uh, and they face some really good competition, SEC competition in Auburn. And as we know, Arkansas, always a deadly team with K.J. Jefferson, a quarterback. So, I think right now the best unit on all these teams is the A&M defensive line. They've got like six guys that are five stars. They go nine deep in the defensive line. So I think they really learned a lesson. They came into that Miami game overconfident. I was at that game, uh, saw them underneath in the tunnel coming out. They thought that they were just going to run over Miami. Sometimes a loss really can spur you on to a season and a really good year. And I think this is that, that run they're going to make. Max Johnson, love his experience at quarterback. Bobby Petrino, last couple of weeks really called good games here. And they've got three receivers I think are going to be playing at the next level. A&M also 3-0-1 against the spread the last four as a home underdog. Wrong team's favorite here also. Texas A&M outright 24-20 over Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll we'll stick with the Texas theme. One of the best rivalries in all college football, even though they call it the Red River rivalry now because they're scared of being canceled. And it's at the Cotton Bowl. It's always a great atmosphere. You have half the stadium in the Burn Orange. You have half the stadium in the Oklahoma Red. Both teams are undefeated, 5-0. and I imagine both teams have national title aspirations. But it's the Longhorns, favored by six in this game, Lee. Yeah, Oklahoma, strange enough, has won seven of the last ten games between the two teams, but Texas has covered seven of the last ten. Last year, it was 49 nothing. I mean, it was, it was one of the craziest games. Uh, 
Gabriel couldn't play, and I mean they were forced to to run the wildcat. It was embarrassing to watch Oklahoma. Much improved this year. Defense looks better, uh, but I'm just not sure what kind of level of competition as far as offenses they faced here. Uh, they faced a bunch of quarterbacks, none of them in the top 75. I see in watching the games that are good at reading defenses or have enough experience yet in their offensive system, they've come over as transfers. So I think this Texas team is dangerous. Always, you know, this is their year. We hear it, you know, they're finally back. You know what? I think Texas is finally back. I can say that for the first time in maybe 15 years. <laughs> Texas over Oklahoma, 34-24. Lee, staying in the state, but switching gears and heading over to the NFL. Big game this weekend. The San Francisco 49ers are who we thought that they were going to be. Brock Purdy looks like he is no joke and he is not a fluke. He is playing his tail off. But the Dallas Cowboys are what everybody's looking for in terms of a team that's trying to get to the level of the Niners. And they've basically had some boat races that they've, they've gotten through. And people are saying you need a statement win. This would definitely be a statement win. Niners-Cowboys, how you see that one going? Yeah, San Francisco, a lot of people don't realize this. They've won 14 straight regular season games. That's pretty darn impressive. And how good have they been at Levi Stadium? They've won 15 of the last 17 games. They have won Brock Purdy's nine starts here, eight of them by two touchdowns or more. Christian McCaffrey is almost unstoppable as a runner and receiver out of the backfield. The kids scored uh, one or more touchdowns in 13 straight games here, and Cowboys have some major red zone issues. Only seven touchdowns and 19 trips uh, inside the 20-yard line. They've gotten a lot of contributions from the special teams and the defense here, but they're down their starting cornerback, their best defensive back, and uh, 49ers just seem to have their number here. They've won and knocked out the Cowboys each of the last two years in the playoffs, 19-12 and 23-17. I just can't trust Dak here. San Francisco. 2817. Lee Sterling, you can find him on Twitter at Paramount Sports. Been crushing it the first, uh, first few weeks of the NFL season. A lot of Texans fans are happy with the progress of their NFL team. The Texans have been playing well, won back-to-back games, looking for three in a row for the first time in a long time. Uh, they, they put their winning streak on the line, heading to Atlanta. Atlanta giving up two points. What do you make of this game in Atlanta? You know, these two teams, I think, are going to be inconsistent. Now, uh, I see some good things in both teams here. Obviously, C.J. Stroud, the NFL Rookie of the Year, lock if this continues here. Uh, but, uh, you know, the offensive line, I mean, just so many injuries there. We might see a zigzag here from a lot of these two teams the rest of the way. Falcons and back-to-back home dome here. They were off the loss to uh, uh, in England here, preceded by a loss uh, in Detroit here. Uh, Houston on the road off that home win versus the Steelers, preceded by a win at the Jaguars. So uh, I just think that the Houston defense did a nice job uh, a couple, uh, versus a couple of offenses that play a lot of 11 personnel. And uh, just think that they're, they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to face a team with a little bit better receivers here. The last couple teams they faced, you know, had some depth problems at receiver, but uh, going to be back and forth. But I like Atlanta 27-20. Ooh, Lee, that hurts some yep. of the people here. In <laughs> Sorry Amsterdam. about that. The reality hurts I hope right that's there. the one I missed. Yeah, we do, too. There's no love for the Falcons. But here's the thing. 
you've been rolling. Jeremy mentioned it. You've been on a heater. Yeah. You've been on fire. But here's the thing. If they're listening, our listeners in the hive, listening to the killer bees, they're like, yeah, but what does that do for me? Well, it doesn't do anything if you sit on your hands and don't pick up your phone. Tell everybody what your free play is this weekend and how they can get involved and actually cash in on this hot streak that you've been rolling with. Yeah, so the free play we have is the Buffalo-Jacksonville game early Sunday morning. Anyone wants to get that game for free, just call 800 400 Nine seven four one. We will give them that game for free. I have a real strong opinion on that Jacksonville game against the Buffalo Bills. Call that number right now. First ten callers eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one. And what a run we've been on! Like I said, thirty four twelve and one in the month of September. Forty seventeen and one since the start of the preseason. No one has a documented record that can come even close to that. You want to get involved? Got a lot of different options here. We don't call it October. We call it October. You can get four weeks of football where you're going to get probably 10 to 15 games a week. Just $297. Also, the UFC is back this weekend. Got five big selections there. $35 in the MLB playoffs. I mean, what a run in September. Since September 1st, we're 42 and 20 with over 500 units of profit in baseball. Everything's up and available. Love to have you along for the ride. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. ParamountSports.com, 800-400-9741. Lee Sterling, thanks as always. We'll be talking to you next week. Sounds good. Take care. See you guys. Lee Sterling joining us on the HRP uh, guest line. Uh, did you see the latest news from uh, McDonald's, guys? They're bringing back the McRib. Bringing back the McRib. Usually, you know, they, they announced its retirement. I think I think uh, announcing retirement is just a marketing ploy. We see this all the time, like in boxing. Somebody retires. Well, how do they get their next big money fight? By retiring. You guys mess around with the McRib? No. If oh. I'm going to McDonald's, At all? That's, that's never going to be an option for me. And I know we've talked about this because you travel so much. But th- if you're going to Mickey D's, the last thing on my mind is going to be a McRib sandwich. It, it, it doesn't just sound – not only does it not sound appetizing to me, I question if it's actually really true – Ribs. Well, we all know that it's not yeah, real. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so if I'm questioning it, why do I want that when I can get the the quarter pounders oh, with no. cheese and and some of the other options on the menu? I'm not into the McRib. The, the Jet on Twitch just made the list. She just uh, made the list. She said Joel doesn't like beef. It's fake pork. Oh, <laughs> it's boy. not beef. It's fake pork. And who said I don't like beef? I've well, eaten beef my whole life. I eat the Jet on Twitch said I, well, that. Yeah. <laughs> the Jet on Twitch says, quote, me, and then maybe you can fix doesn't like out, beef. Jet. Jet makes the list. Good thing Bad Take Boulevard's coming up in 20 minutes. Uh, I forget how bad the McRib is by the time it comes back around, but nothing says cool air and fall weather like a McRib. So I eat a McRib once a year, no. remind myself, ooh, this is gross, and then I don't have another McRib. I have, a, I, have a McRib I have a McRib one time a year. But That's you ne- it. You, never, you know it's never going to be good. So why do you waste your yeah, money? Because you- I forget. How? You just said it. And yeah, it entices it, you it better than me. the other options? Yeah, that fake, the fake rib with like the way that it's cooked on the fake grill, trying to make it look like this artificial rib. It's got that good-looking barbecue sauce. They put the pickle on it. There's a Dr. Pepper that goes with. Yeah, I'm like, hey, it pulls me back in once, and I take a bite. I'm like, hey, you should have been smarter than this, Branham. Yeah, I mean, you could you could still change your mind. Just get the side of barbecue sauce if you're, you're jonesing for the sauce. But the sandwich should remind no. you every time you see it, like, that's not good. I do a, I do a McRib once a year. But I thought that they retired it. Like, that's what that's they, the crazy thing. They, they retired it. They like, retire oh, yeah, it's coming every back. every year. And then, they're like, and then it comes back. 
Yeah. Like, this is just their gimmick at this point. They're like, it goes away and then it comes back. That's the way to like make food popular again, though. Like, wasn't the, didn't they do that with the Twinkie? I was Twinkie gonna say the Twinkie was the last the, thing that uh, they yeah. did. That. And then it's yeah. like, oh, bring back the Twinkie. We love the Twinkie. But you didn't love the Twinkie it. before until it was retired. The same thing with the uh, Choco Taco. Well, I like the chocolate taco. I, I do, too. That was yeah. disappointing when they said they got rid of it. Like the Twinkie, the Twinkie, I couldn't have cared less. I was like, I understand why you're retiring the Twinkie. It's terrible food. And then everybody's like, oh, these Twinkie enthusiasts, we need the Twinkie back. And they bring it back, and it sells like hotcakes. What was the shelf life? The Twinkie, they, they, they said, could last forever, and you could eat it. It yeah. sure feels and then, like it. Wasn't it the same story that someone <laughs> found like McDonald's burgers or something like that, and they were still good after... After like, oh, I've seen that documentary. Yeah, it's scary, man. <laughs> they showed us that documentary in high school. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about, but that's the that's the <laughs> whole. Like they do like supersize me. Yeah, and they do like the experiment in there too, where like they put it like in a glass case and then like it looks the same and like a month later. Yeah, I still went. That would tell you that there's after. quite a few chemicals being in, involved in the process. There. That's cool, man. Like, I, I, it's fine with me. I love McDonald's. I'm never going to betray me. What's your McDonald's too? Quarter pounder. Yeah, QP with cheese is awesome. Always. I go with the six-piece bundle and the double cheeseburger bundle and a large Coke. Good call. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do the BK version of this, it, uh, and it, even with losing a bet. But the 20-piece nugs and, and, and a QP with, with cheese and some large fries. I will that. say, though, like, if I had to choose one or the other, and I would take McDonald's breakfast over their lunch and dinner menu every uh, day. Their breakfast is pretty good. The McGriddles... It's- Pretty dang good. It's so Egg McMuffin good. just Egg it, McMuffin. stands yeah. the test of time. Like, I can never eat McDonald's for lunch or dinner again as long as they just serve breakfast. I'm a happy person. Ooh, can't the, get away from the fries, though. Fries are awesome. The fries that's, are awesome. It's true. A lot of the Twitchers are calling us fat. Uh, that's going to land on Mean Text tomorrow. Uh, 7032 Processed Food, McD's Losers. Mm. We know it's processed, wise guy. <laughs> we're, not, we're not saying that it's the, the healthiest for you. But it's delicious. Oh, no. 713-780-3776. Lee Sterling likes Atlanta over the Texans on Sunday. Shame on you, Lee Sterling. Uh, find him at ParamountSports.com. But um, the Athletic disagrees a bit. They have the Texans as the biggest surprise in the NFL. Are the Texans the biggest surprise in the NFL? And if not, who is? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Did you know that HR and Peace Cougar owned by Mike Holly? Go Cougs. Mike used to protect a Heisman Trophy winner, and now he's still in the protect business because he's protecting you and your business. Business owners, let HRMP help you. Whether it's HR compliance, benefits administration, payroll, onboarding, HRMP can help in any or all of those areas because there's no boxes with HRMP. Doesn't matter how small the job, how big the job, HRMP completely customizes a plan for what you and your business needs. You have a problem? You have an issue, you want to take a little bit off your plate, a lot off your plate, HRP will find a way to help you. They do it in a way that's unique. Technology meets the service. They have the best tech. You'll trust that. You'll love that. But you'll fall in love with their service. Guaranteed fulfillment. You won't be talking to a stranger in a call board. You'll be talking to someone who knows you. They know your business needs. Look, we use HRP here at Gal Media. That's that's no secret. So employers take care of your employees and get HRP. I, anytime I have a question, fire off an email. Very easy to understand. We just went through the uh, open enrollment a couple of weeks ago. Very easy as well with HRP. Do your employees a favor too. Give them a call right now, 281 880 6525. Let HRP customize a plan for you, 281 880 6525. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Killer Beast, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. He's Blank on Branham. Who are we welcoming into Bad Take Boulevard coming up at the uh, in 12 minutes? I know somebody that just made the list. <laughs> 
Should be a very entertaining Bad Take Boulevard. We had a caller on the bench uh, earlier this week that's also going to make Bad Take Boulevard. It's a great list of Bad Take Boulevard. One of my least favorite people in sports media also on this list. Ooh, so you're not going to want to miss that in 12 minutes. I think I know who it is. Wrong answers only. Oh, sorry. Do you know who, do, do you know who it is? I know who it is. Yeah, you know yeah. who it is. Um, the Athletic was talking. Like right now is the quarter poll kind of this NFL season. It's kind of weird now because there's 17 games. So the quarter poll after four games kind of weird because you play 17. But you catch it. I don't want to nitpick this. But uh, The Athletic was talking about biggest NFL surprises, biggest disappointments, blah, 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 blah. The biggest surprise that they have through four weeks of the NFL season is that the Houston Texans are the biggest surprise in the league. And look, they're 2-2. Two and two. Like That's not way over expectation like if you look at their vegas total you know six six and a half wins somewhere between five and a half to six and a half wins depending on when you got it like you're probably getting a win in a half every quarter of the season so they're not playing above this huge pace of what they were expected to be on but it's how they're doing it like d'amico ryan's has kind of emerged as a potential coach of the year i saw him third on one list for coach of the year cj stroud the betting favorite for the offensive rookie of the year will anderson while it hasn't translated to sacks and you know tackles for losses has a really high win rate uh he's getting to the quarterback but the quarterback's getting rid of the football it's more how they're doing it it's the context more than the record would you agree the houston texans are the biggest surprise so far through the nfl season well i absolutely would because i don't think that including myself no one expected them to be here and it's not only what you said, it's the opponents that they're beating. They're beating you know, a, a team like Jacksonville, who was favored to win the division. They're beating a Steelers team that under Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season, but coming off of what they did a year ago with the defense that they brought to that game and how beat up their offensive line was. And you heard Lee, who's in Florida, talking about it. I mean, they're still looking at that offensive line. They didn't see what we saw a, a week ago watching every play of that game, that they schemed up a, a way to keep the Steelers from getting a sack. So it's all the things falling into place and at the first quarter of the season saying, you're tied for first place in your division. You're doing things that no one thought you were capable of doing this season. And every new piece to this puzzle has fit beautifully to give you the kind of cohesive unit on both sides of the football that are doing things that people are taking notice of. They're not the laughing stock anymore. So I absolutely think that they are. Pat 409 texted in and said the biggest surprise are the, the Bengals, who are 1-3. and three. Uh, This was more of, like, positive surprises, but the Bengals, and that's more context, too. Because, like, 1-3 is not crazy. Like, we probably expected the Bengals to be 3-1. and one. Bengals didn't get off to a great start last year or the year before, either. So it's not so much that they're 1-3. It's more the context of how they've gotten to 1-3. and three. It'll be interesting to see what they do on Sunday, too. They lose to the Cardinals. Oh, man. They lose to the Cardinals. They should trade T. Higgins. Now, do you- well, Dead serious. No, I, I don't think you're wrong because I think that you start at a certain point of getting to the point of no return where, yeah, Burrow's been hurt. Yeah, you figure when he's healthy, they could go on a run. But if they lose to a team that's – and they're, they're actually playing better than most people would have expected, but the Cardinals are a bad football team. You're yeah. a Super Bowl contending type football team preseason. <laughs> you're supposed to be the team that, that boat races the Cardinals on your way to getting back where you're supposed to be you got to figure some stuff out because you're going to lose him anyway, I think, at the end of the year because he's want, going to want more money than the Bengals, who are cheap anyway, are going to want to pay. And they pay Burrow, and they're going to pay Chase. Yeah, and uh, th- and Did if, they already pay Chase? Uh, I, I, don't know that, I don't think he's gotten the big contract yet. I can't remember. If, if they haven't, they're going to. Yeah, they're going to. They want yeah, to. And they're not going to let him they're get They're going to prioritize it. Chase yeah, over absolutely. Higgins. Absolutely. They haven't given it to him yet. So with everything that 
they have going that they had going for them going into the season at a certain point you're going to have to cut your losses and figure out what are you going to you know you're not going to make the playoffs or do what you think that you need to do now you're going to have to reevaluate going forward that's a scary situation for me because I'm with you that you know I'm talking about biggest surprises positively biggest negative surprise has to be the fact that when I saw him hurt his calf the first time as training camp was started I was like that's no big deal I'm not worried about that we haven't started the regular season yet to see how bad they've looked since then yeah man Tampa Bay Buccaneers are listed as a surprise here. See, I think Tampa, you can make a case, is a bigger surprise than the Texans. Tampa's three and one. Like who who thought Tampa Bay would be three and one through four games and that Baker Mayfield is playing at a level that higher than a lot of us thought that he would play at. I remember there was one guy in the preseason. I can't remember who it was, and we might have even had him on Bad Take Boulevard. He said that Tampa Bay would improve without Tom Brady. With Baker Mayfield would be an improvement over Tom Brady. We called that crazy. Look, Tampa Bay won the division last year in a very, very bad division. I think there's a decent chance Tampa Bay wins more games this year than they did last year. Which is crazy because of the fact that they also basically gave away their entire offensive line when Brady walked out the door. They're like, either guys retired and said that they were done or they said they were done with guys and they weren't going to pay anybody anymore. And aside from you know the receiving core, they really didn't keep anybody to make you think. And their defense still has some young talent on it or younger type talent on it. But even there, they, they weren't so focused on win, 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 get in veterans, do what we need to do to compete for a Super Bowl. I thought that they were in a complete rebuild, and I certainly didn't trust Baker Mayfield. You look at them now, and you go, "Yeah, it was kind. Of, it's similar to the Texans. You're in a bad division. Anything can happen. If you get hot, you could win it. They're hot right now through four games enough to say they're in it. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been a lot better. They might win that division. Like that division ain't great. Saints aren't playing as well as I thought they would play. They're disappointing. I think the Falcons are pretty good. I think the Falcons are about a 500 football team with the way that they play. I just don't trust Desmond Ritter at all. I don't think that they do. Like they they want to beat you at the running game and defense, and they have a really good running game. Like they have two backs that can go get you. They have talent around Ritter, but I don't think they want to throw the football. And then defense, like, and they're going to the win thing. ugly. They're going to win like the Titans win. When do they solve the quarterback situation? Because of the fact that you know if you are a five hundred type football team, is that good enough to get you a quarterback that's better than Ritter, other than overpaying in free agency? Yeah, or or in the draft because like, you got Drake up. London, and it looks like he's getting increasingly frustrated because he's getting open. He's not getting the looks he thinks he deserves. You know, you, you, you used a th- number three overall pick on Pitts, and Pitts also, I think, is underused and, and, and underthrown, too. Jonu Smith has more better numbers than Kyle Which is Pitts. ridiculous. Like, Jonu Smith is the guy that you want to start in fantasy if you're going to be yeah. to start a tight end. I mean, they play 12 personnel, and they go to what's open. So, like, there's, you know, they're bracketing Pitts. They're paying more attention the to them. guys that are open. Jonu Smith has more numbers than, than Pitts. But I'm just so saying, like, overall, Ritter's not going to get the ball to many guys when they're open. Right. But Ritter's throwing Smith the ball, yeah, too, and Smith has better numbers than Pitts. That's all. Th- that's, like- they're the NFC version of the Titans, though. Like, they're heavy, heavy run defense. They want to muck it up. They want to win 21-20. Like that's what Atlanta wants to do. I mean, that's, they've mentioned they've mentioned Tannehill to Atlanta. I've heard that rumored because you have the Arthur Smith compare like uh, connection. Mm-hmm. If I was them, I'd go after Kirk in the offseason. It just doesn't really fit their offense. They're also young too. Tannehill to me makes a little bit of sense there, but I don't know if that's a huge upgrade over Ritter. I think it's kind like, of I a think Kirk Cousins is a pretty big upgrade, but he's just I don't think he's a scheme fit. No, probably not. But I don't know how many quarterbacks are a scheme scheme fit. No, I, know, I hate I know that. Eat, I that's why I hated yeah. Levis going to Tennessee because like, I, I think ESPN, it's a terrible offense for quarterbacks. Like, I know ESPN is pushing this whole like trade for Justin Fields thing yeah. for some reason for the Atlanta Falcons well, just so they can run the ball more. I it'd guess be kind of fun. But I mean, it would be for him and Bijan in the backfield yeah, would be, be kind of fun. But like, they just need a, uh, like a competent quarterback, and they'd be the best team in that division by a lot. I think so. Like, I really do. Is good. But could Justin Fields? 
figure it out or be better with the guys that he would have around him in Atlanta based on Should. what he's dealt with in Chicago? Yeah, I would just Should. run him and Bijan into the ground. 50 if I was times now. a game. I would like, run, be, just run the triple option like Navy. Him, him <laughs> Algier, and, and Bijan. Yeah. RPO elements, you, you throw eight times a game. Uh, Puka Nakua. Is Ooh, another boy. one of the uh, the biggest surprises of the year. I this might be the winner. Like he's a fifth rounder. He's putting up Cooper Cup numbers while Cooper Cup is out. I am intrigued though to see what uh, what kind of usage he gets now that Cooper Cup's coming back. Well, and also the fact that teams are going to have to focus on him a lot more. I don't think teams were really taking him all, as serious as the Rams knew the talent that they had. But when you look at his numbers and you look at you say you know. Cooper Cup type numbers. They did the numbers through four games. He's ahead. He's ahead of pace of Cup's numbers and anybody's numbers in receiving to set the all time record for receiving yards in a year. Defenses are going to focus on him. He's good, but they're focusing on him after week one. Let's he, be honest. Like they, they have nothing else in that receiver. They have two two Atwell and they have uh, blanking on the name the coach's son Van Jefferson. Like like your oh, attention's the, going to Puka and Joe's guy from Notre Dame the, with the long hair Skoranek. Yeah, I don't. It, yeah, I don't think he plays much though. I thought he still plays in the slot because I thought he was filling in for Cup. And Kyron, no, they no, no. Puka's been the Cup replacement. Well, I, but I, I've seen Skronik in the lineup. All, they move him all over the place. I'm very intrigued to see what uh, Puka and Cooper look like on the field together. It's going to be pretty fascinating. I mean, if Stafford's healthy. Like they're just it feels like they're going to throw the ball all over the place. Yeah, as they should. And their running backs uh, banged up this week too. They might he might throw the ball forty times this week. They got rid of Acres. They don't really have a running game and. Stafford, the one thing we know he can still do is if he's got any time at all, he can still sling it. Don't sleep on Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams has been good. He's he's probably been better than Akers, quite frankly. Well, Akers, that was a lost cause. They should have never even brought him back. All right, who makes the list this week? 713-780-3776 if you want to nominate some people for Bad Take Boulevard. Who makes the list? Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Head over to Little Woodrow's and catch the game tonight. NFL action this evening. Really good team in the NFC and a really bad team in the NFC. It doesn't matter. The place to be to watch it's at Little Woodrow's. They have game days covered better than anyone else. It's my favorite sports bar in Houston. I'm there every week. I'll be there Tuesday, too. Astros Game 3, ALDS. Uh, it's also your spot to catch the Astros in the playoffs, especially the Edo locations where I will be, within walking distance of Minute Maid Park. Big parties before the game, during the game, and after the game. That starts on Saturday as well. They're going to be partying Saturday and Sunday ahead of Game 1 and Game 2 of the ALDS at Minute Maid Park and Edo location within walking distance of Minute Maid Park. Large patios with HD TVs, jumbotrons with all the sports you want to watch, and never a bad seat in the house. Fall weather will be here before we know it. Postseason baseball going on now. Football is going on nearly every day, including tonight. It's Woodrow's season. Little Woodrow's is a casual backyard bar that you can find all over H-Town. Game day bucket specials, daily drink specials, great food, whether it's a location with a kitchen or a spot with food trucks. It's all fantastic. I love steak night. Good times and colder beer, local bites. It's southern hospitality at its finest. Make Little Woodrow's your happy hour spot, your game day location tonight, or just where you were Relax in the patio with good drinks and good company, and it's pet friendly. Three new, three new locations coming soon: Sugarland, Webster, and the new one in Edo, Little Woodrow's, where sports come alive. And who makes the list of Bad Take Boulevard this week? Some that are near and dear to our hearts, some enemies of the show, some rivals of some of the local teams. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If you have any to add to Bad Take Boulevard. I don't. I'm not familiar with uh, with Rudy. I don't know if the bench is familiar with Rudy. I was taking uh, 
a Branham kid to school the other day, and I was listening to the bench for about 15 minutes. And they had a caller during this 15 minutes named Rudy. You've heard, heard of Rudy? Him. I heard him. You yeah, heard the same he, one? Yeah, and he's also been a, he is a frequent caller okay, is he? of the bench. I didn't know that. Rudy, if you want to defend yourself, 713-780-3776. Listen to this call from Rudy. I will say this, though, for the future of the Astros. I will say there's 29 other fan bases that can't wait for you guys to fall off the hill. Right. And uh, that's just typical America. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we, we love build people up and then tear them down. So that, that's just nat- natural. But what's... Keep it going. Not normal, I think, that the Astros fans are going to experience. And I'd love to hear your comment. I know you're not going to like this, but I do believe the Astros are going to have a very difficult time in the future attracting uh, uh, free agents and players who are not controllable. And, uh, And I will call that the Rizzo effect. If there is one, I don't know if there is one or not, but we're going to find out. What is the, wait a minute, Anthony Rizzo when he made his comment about someone not if you go to the Astros to play, then you don't have a moral compass. All right, there you now, go. I, there you go. There you go. So where Rudy is getting this quote? Quote: I saw I was linked to Houston and said, "Hey, what's that about?" Rizzo, Rizzo told NYP Sports while cooking for veterans at his New Jersey home for charity function. All players that sign with the Astros don't have a good moral compass. That's from New York P- Port Sports. It is a spoof account, Rudy. <laughs> you fell for the New York Port Sports. That was a tweet on November fifteenth, two thousand and twenty-two. So Rudy's been harboring this Rizzo effect that you don't have a good moral compass since fall of last year. Nearly eleven months he he's been have... got by New York Port Sports. You know, he needs a new social media <laughs> compass. He got got for 11 months. I think that this is going to have to be a nomination for the Bad Take Boulevard bracket. Oh, without doubt. Rudy called it. It's been harboring within him for 11 months. He's been living with this mantra that all of these ballplayers in baseball, because of this good moral compass, this Rizzo effect, they're never going to get free agents. That was New York Port Sports on November 15, 2022. This was also a couple of days before the Astros signed Jose, Jose Abreu. Abreu. <laughs> and, and Lance was all in on the response, and he brought up Jose Abreu, and he was he was, he was was fighting back. And then Rudy's like, well, you guys were going to kill me anyway. I was just waiting for y'all to tear me up anyway. Yeah. So Rudy, but it was also funny, too. Like Rudy said, like, I, I want to argue with this for a second. Let me go. And he's like, well, I don't want you guys to pick on me, and I don't want to argue. So, Rudy... Because you fell for the New York porch 11 months ago and you've had it harboring inside of you, you, sir, make the list. You just made the list. All right. You know who is one of my least favorite people in sports? Wait, let me think about this for mm-hmm. a half second. And Carl I have, Ravitch. I have a lot of them. <laughs> I'm a miserable old man. Yeah, Carl Ravitch. Carl Ravitch, whether it's the RBI, not RBI's thing, which I will fight to the death about, whether it's the uppity behavior of where he's better than everybody. Carl Ravitch was calling the Phillies-Marlins uh, wild card series and was talking about Trey Turner making his playoff debut. There is no bigger home field advantage in Major League Baseball than what they enjoy here in Philadelphia. Trey Turner learning for the first time what it means to be in a postseason. Oh, 
Carl Ravage. What was his last one where he thought it was the last at bat? In it a was the College World Series. In the College World yeah. a, a team yeah. hit a home run in the top yeah. of the ninth the and called it ninth. a walk-off home run. Sorry, Carl. Walk-off home runs are not possible in the top of an inning. Ever. I don't understand how people get mad at Pac Matt. Pat McAfee about layoffs at ESPN when that happens. And he's been around forever. Like, how do you how do you go on television and say it's his first playoff appearance? He has almost 200 he, plate yeah. appearances. He tried to games. clean it up on Twitter. Did he? He tried to say, oh, what I meant was yeah. he was his first playoff appearance as a Philly in Philadelphia. He has to backtrack so much yeah. by things he says on television. It's embarrassing. It's not even like he's like a Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless that throws out dumb, terrible takes. He just says things that are factually incorrect that are so easy to check. You're not a fan of Carl Ravage. You mentioned all the at-bats. He's literally played in 43 games and has a World Series title. Yeah, he does. <laughs> we sure know does. that too well. We know it way too well. That he has a World Series title. Uh, an AOS rival. There's going to be a couple of these. Oh, hold on a second. Let's, let's give Carl Ravage the full Bad Take Boulevard experience. Carl Ravage. You just made the list. Thank you very much. Jerry DePoto. Mm-hmm. He's the general manager of the Seattle Mariners. Numbers guy. Big numbers guy, and he's not scared to let you know. Here was Jerry DePoto meeting with the media after his team failed to miss to make the playoffs. We promised you that he said Jerry? something. Jerry? Can you hear something, Joe? We can't hear anything. All right, well, whatever. Jerry DePoto talked Sorry. about how... What's that? He talked bad about how audio. Joe Joe just made the uh, or the bad Twitter audio makes the list as well. Jerry Depoto said that it's our goal to win fifty four percent of the games, and we're actually doing the fan base a favor and asking for their patience to win the World Series. Ooh, he got some fans fired up over that one because that was just so ridiculous. And even if you firmly believe that analytically over the stretch of a long haul of games and doing all these things, that's not what your fan base wants to hear when you just made miss the playoffs. Hey, they, that's the last thing you, that you should have said, and, and just idiotic. The uh, and, and like I had a bunch of people arguing with me on Twitter about this, saying, "Well, you know, technically it's true. You win fifty four percent, you're in a very high tier, and you're probably going to win a World Series." I'm not arguing the math on it. Like I, the math is probably sound. I'll believe you on that. The bad take is that you literally just missed the playoffs and you're going to your fan base and saying, I'm doing you a favor after you failed to make the postseason with maybe the best roster that they've had there in since Ichiro. Like oh, they this, had- that's the bad take. Not the number. The take is that you were stupid enough to say this to your fan base after yeah. missing the playoffs. And, and, and it was Brock Heward's show, the former quarterback from Washington that's on TV now. And it was his radio talk show. Fans were actually literally so fired up that they were cussing on air, calling up because of that fifty-four percent. Yeah, that's it, uh, it was a ridiculous thought by Jerry Depoto. So Jerry Depoto, you just made the list. It doesn't stop there in the AL West, uh, Blankers. <laughs> a couple of times that the Rangers are going to make the list this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know who spent the money on this. I imagine it wasn't like Joe Schmo. I imagine it wasn't like your average Joe fan. The Rangers had a billboard. Going into the final day of the regular season, I'm guessing it was off I-45, I don't know. But their billboard said Rangers AL West Division Champions. Sure did. It was 10 a- <laughs> It went up. Someone said, one of the people, the bystanders that was watching it said it went up Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Really? Yeah. Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on any kind of major thoroughfare, getting ready to gloat would be great if it actually came to fruition. When it doesn't, you look like a complete, you know what? 
Now, I don't know who paid for this billboard. I would guess it was the team. I would guess that. But it could have been anybody. It could have been could like Bally uh, Sports. Yeah, or whatever FS. It could have been a dealership. Dallas. Like I don't know who paid for it. So I don't know who makes the total list. Dallas. It could have been the Rangers. could have been Total Arlington. Yeah, yep. it could have been all of that. So I don't know who makes the list here. But whoever got that billboard, you, sir... You just made the list. It doesn't stop there. Now, this is one where the Rangers can't play dumb. This is one where we didn't pay for the billboard. It was some Johnny dealership. No, this one is on you. The Rangers Twitter admin, when they clinched the playoffs, or at least they didn't say that they clinched the division, but they clinched the playoffs. They posted a graphic on their Twitter saying, hey, yay, we're in the playoffs. They put two buildings in the graphic. The buildings were the Capitol Building in Austin. Weird, you play in Arlington. And... Houston's Heritage Plaza, a building in Houston, a building in downtown Houston, was on the Rangers graphic when they clinched the playoffs. How does that happen? The Capitals, one thing, I still think it's a bad take, but to have the Heritage Plaza in downtown Houston on your Twitter graphic? How does that happen? Yeah, made the list. I mean, that's you know up there when you start talking about... How much vetting did you do when you hired someone to be your social media coordinator? And I'm sure they're not paying them a whole lot, but that's that's not good. Yeah, that's uh, that was really bad. Twitter admin makes the list. And we saved the worst for last. Jet on Twitch. Jet on Twitch. Moments ago, we were talking about the McRib. The McRib is made of what? It is made of processed pork food. Yeah, fake pork, yeah. I guess, for layman's yeah. terms. Jet on Twitch, when we were discussing the fake pork McRib, Said that you don't eat beef. You just not made the beef. List. It's not beef, Jet on Twitch. You make the list. I don't know if that was Jet's first time on the list or not. I think it was. I imagine it won't be the last no. time for the take like that. That Jeez. is absolutely brutal. All right. Any uh, anybody I want to throw on here? No, we have Matt Canada one. Oh, Matt Canada's burner account? Yeah, Matt Canada allegedly has a burner. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. With the Steelers email? Yeah, but apparently that's not their real email. That's that right? I think that was a fake. That was like a fake Twitter thing. And then the other one that I would say is Chris Young, the GM of the Rangers, getting Good all call. getting all twisted up about Brian McTaggart. And then Brian McTaggart. I mean, again, in the cancel culture world of tags having to come back and kind of walk it back and, and, and on Twitter, he did nothing wrong. Um. Yeah, I mean, Chris throw, Young. I throw, make the I, list. I throw Evan Grant in there, too. Just like him po- waxing poetically about Tag's tweet. And then his newspaper article, literally, said like it. the headline said the exact same thing. The Rangers fans, too, the moment that they tweeted that picture, like, hey, guys, we got a game tomorrow. And then as soon as McTaggart tweeted that, they're like going to McTaggart. It's like you literally said that stuff, all of you. You know what would have been worse, though? Like Chris Young def- def- definitely makes the list. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot worse if they lost to Tampa. The fact, that they, made the, list. The fact yeah. that they beat Tampa, they they get it a little bit. They get it a little bit. All right, that's it for Bad Take Boulevard. People are texting in. Uh, people that also say RBI and not RBIs. There's some lovely people in the city that say that, that I really don't want to throw them under the bus because I'm a gentleman, but yes, I'm aware. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Ime Adoka has been making a lot of waves. There was that whole silly Stephen A. Smith, Max Contract, silly stuff uh, that he was talking about the other day on his television show that I don't even know what it's called because I don't watch that garbage. But um, Ime Adoka was like very transparent about the entire James Harden situation in a quote on ESPN today. I love this from Ime Adoka, and it's just another brick in the wall of Ime Adoka impressing the city. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 98.
0.25. Something else that's very impressive. Look, uh, rainy weather right now, it leads to more car wrecks. We know that. There's always a ton of car accidents when this stuff happens when because people forget to drive when it's rainy, right? If you're involved in a car accident, you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm and do not fear about payment because you will not pay a single cent until you win. People out there that are trying to go day to day and paycheck to paycheck, they know they didn't. It wasn't their fault. They know whether the police report was filed or not. You know that you suffered and you didn't do anything, and you don't know if you can afford an attorney to do what's necessary to right the wrong and get you back to where you were prior to the accident. That's where. It, this is so big for you. That's where you have to focus on this because of the fact that you don't have to pay unless you win. The Hollingsworth Law Firm is focused on the fact whether it's the insurance company or you filing a lawsuit and going after the person who was at fault in an accident. They're going to make sure you get your health back and all those bills paid. They're going to make sure you get your automobile back and it's back to good as new. And they're going to make sure you get the pain and suffering payments that you deserve for all that you had to endure when it wasn't your fault. Don't let those insurance companies run you over. Call Hollingsworth Law Firm right now. 713-999-8773. 713-999-8773. Or check them out online. CarWreckTexas.com. That's CarWreckTexas.com. He is five and 92.5. He's blank. I'm Branham. Um, there were some rumors. Stephen A. Smith threw out some rumors the other day. With the whole James Harden thing. Well, he had a max contract. He blew it. I, I'm, I'll be honest. I, I ignore half of the stuff that Stephen A. Smith said. I do not watch a show. I ignore almost all of the stuff I see on Twitter. All I saw was some reaction that James Harden had a max offer and he blew it or something. Is That that was the story from Stephen the A.? The story from Stephen A. was that the Rockets were prepared to offer him a max deal. And in meeting with Udoka and or the Rockets... He made it clear that he wanted to return to winning a scoring title and his old self mm. of being the lead guy and the man, and that scared the Rockets off. Yeah. Um, BS. Complete. Uh, Ime Adoka was asked about this, and the, uh, there was an article that came out on ESPN earlier today. Ime, he addressed the entire James Harden thing. I thought he was very honest, very transparent. He was very direct about this as well. As well. But it was the entire, who are we going to pay? James Harden, Fred Van Vliet, maybe spread it out a little bit more. Ime said nothing against James, but Fred is just a better fit, Fred Van Vliet. I coach James in Brooklyn. He's one of the smartest players I've ever been around. The words, Ime doesn't want James, never came out of my mouth. It was, let's look at the best fit. If we want Jalen and the young guys to take the next steps, we need them to have the ball. As for me saying I don't want James, that was never the case. It was about fit. There's two, two, two ways I want to look at this. The first one is the part about... If we want Jalen and the young guys to take the next steps, we need them to have the ball, which means if James Harden's here, they're not going to have the ball. That's something that you were banging the table for yep. for months before free agency. I was preaching all over that. And, it, it, you know, it's nothing to say that it's not taking away that James Harden has been one of the most dominant offensive players in the game over the last decade or so. But this is the, the exact wrong fit. And the, those reasons alone and him saying, which we heard rumblings of whether he said it to the Rockets or not, that he didn't want to be Robin anymore. He wanted to go back to being the man and, and being the, the number one. That would have been so detrimental to all these young players that you've built up through draft capital to, that you're building your roster with that it would have been the absolute disaster that everybody could only think it could be. It would never be what everybody, the, the true rat, uh, red Kool-Aid rocket drinking fans going, we, he could be exactly what he used to be here. We can go back to doing that. God, no, because he, didn't have, he doesn't have the same ability anymore, and that system sucks. 
Yeah, I was I was okay-ish with the idea of Harden just for the entertainment value. I didn't think it'd be like successful and like winning basketball. Um, I like the route that they took. Quite frankly, I'd rather have Van Vliet. I'd rather have Dylan Brooks. And for this team to actually be like a serious contender someday, like within the next five years, not next year. The only way that's happening is to develop their young players and get the absolute most of their young players, and Harden wasn't going to deliver that, whereas maybe a Van Vliet with leadership and showing them the way and passing the ball can develop those young players better. And then Dylan Brooks being a professional and playing defense, maybe that can help them better. In hindsight, let's play the hindsight game for a second, hindsight 2020, are you happy that it's Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks on this team, or would you have rather had Harden? Oh, without question, I'm happy. Yeah. It's, the, the Dylan Brooks aspect of it, and I've heard a lot of great things of him on and off the floor and being the right consummate teammate and being the kind of locker room guy we were talking about this team needing, I just think they grossly overpaid him. But I think that overall, there's no way in hell, you know me, I did not want James Harden back on this team no matter what. And my number one choice was Fred Van Vliet. If you get the guy that is going to be the floor general, that's going to dictate so much of what Adoka's trying to do and, and so much of what these, these younger players are going to have to do, that's the guy you want, not the guy that's saying, give me the ball and get out of the way, and I'm going to try and score every single play. Yep. That ain't going to work. I'm with you on that. Chef on the Twitch, Harden has always uh, Harden always has to have his. Doesn't matter if somebody has the hot hand. Thank you, Chef. I completely agree. Uh, Rare Candy says the fact that Tillman uh, was down with it scares me. I think Tillman was was intrigued by the, the seats, the jersey sales, yes, yes. the dollars. Overall. What encourages me about Tillman and what encourages me about Stone and what encourages me about the entire management is they we're going to go get Ime Adoka to be our big boy basketball voice, and then we're going to let him yep, make those decisions. It. We're going to let him. We're going to empower him to tell us what he wants on his team. Because, look, if Tillman would have been like, we're going to pick Harden over anybody, Ime Adoka never takes the job. So I take solace in the fact that they hire a really sharp basketball man and they go to basketball man, Ime Adoka, the head coach in this case. Ime, what do you want? I want to go Van Vliet. I want to go Dylan Brooks. I don't want Harden here. And they say, cool, let's do it your way. I like that from management. I love it because it might have been the hardest decision that Rafael Stone has ever had to make since he's been a member of the Houston Rockets as a general manager. Because... He enjoyed being the, the puppeteer that pulled all the strings. He liked having guys that knew when push came to shove, he was the loudest voice in the room. He was the decision maker that would take it to Tillman and, and that it was his show to run. It was tough to give up the reins, so to speak, by going out and getting a guy that's been there, done that, and done more to where he was going to be, knowing when he hired him, he was going to be the loudest voice in the room. And he did that. And they got the best coach that was available this offseason. And it's going to be huge for the Houston Rockets. The other thing that I would question, though, Jeremy, in the quote and everything that they were talking about, and I know that he coached with him, and I worked with him, and I can tell you this. James Harden is an unbelievable passer of the basketball. But if you're going to tell me that he's one of the smartest guys on the, uh, in the, on the floor playing basketball, I'm going to call BS. Yeah, I think he was being nice. Yeah, because there's no way in the situations we've been in, and the one that glares at me more than anything else is the one guy that came out of the huddle in Portland in the playoffs when they drew up a defense to stop Damon Lillard that decided to tell Pat Beverly and Chandler Parsons to switch and to screw up everything they called up in the huddle and Dame hits the shot was James Hart. Yeah, I, that's that was Eme being nice, I think. I that, think you're that probably was, right. That was Eme like, trying to wash his hands of this whole James Harden thing, addressing the Stephen A stuff and being like, look, I didn't say I don't want James. I'm saying I would have... like Because, I mean, look, he said he'd rather have Fred Van Vliet. He said it's about fit. He said he if uh, the, the better fit is Fred Van Vliet. That's indirectly saying the fit is not James Harden. I don't want James Harden. This was him kind of washing 
washing his hands of the situation, trying to play nice, trying to get rid of the drama, which I can totally understand. Like, even this quote where it seems like he's saying, look, I didn't say we don't want Harden. Okay, you didn't have to directly say that if you're directly saying, I want Fred Van Vliet. Because we all know that the moment you want Fred Van Vliet, the James Harden part of this conversation's over. It is. And the other thing, though, because I heard from multiple people that Tillman and Patrick were enamored with James Harden. Which I get from a business point. I totally do. And we talked about it at the time. It absolutely made sense for ticket sales and jersey sales and putting yourself back on the map again as a team that people were going to watch, whether they were waiting for a dumpster fire to burn and everything to implode, or that they thought he could actually help the team. But the bigger thing that goes back to what we were just talking about is cooler heads prevailed by making sure that they got the guy that was going to have to deal with this more than anybody else involved, and Udoka was able to tell them and they were able to say okay and get out of the way that Harden wasn't the guy because if you got a lesser coach they were going to do they were going to be so happy to be there like Silas I'm just happy to be a head coach in the NBA you do whatever you want I'll coach them and I'll tell you what you want to hear yep the fact that they got a guy that maybe they didn't want to hear it at the time but now looking back on it they made the right decision because of it and I mean to be frank though they also hired him like, so that shows you that they were willing to take a back seat to Ime Adoka. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this comparison. I want to try it on for size with, with you guys, you blankers, you, Joe George, Jose, Jorge. Um, this rocket build kind of reminds me of the Astros build when they brought in Beltron and McCann. I'm not saying that they're going to have the success of the Astros. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. Certainly not saying that they're going to be a team that, that wins it all. But remember Beltron and McCann were brought into the Astros for veteran leadership and then Beltron kind of took on an entirely different story on its own. But the whole point of Beltron and McCann was so they could teach the young players how to be professionals, how to play, how to win. I look at Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks similar to that, where they're brought in to be the big boys in the room, the adults in the room, the professionals that are going to teach the young guys to play. Again, not saying this is going to lead to anywhere near the same results, but I think Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks are the Carlos Beltran, Brian McCain of the Rockets. I don't think it's a bad comparison, and I think it's for a lot of reasons, but the first thing that I would start to look at with that is you're not bringing in guys, and maybe Van Vliet is the only exception to this, but you're not bringing in guys that are going to come in to be the superstar, do-all, be-all, carry-all. You're bringing in professionals on and off the floor that know that part of the reason why they're here is to change the culture, is to do what the coaching staff wants you to do, and to get you to take to take it to the next level all the way around, the, in their case, the baseball field, or in this case, the basketball floor, and become a team again. And I think that those two guys are fully capable of doing that. We'll see with the amount of money and the amount of years that they threw at, especially Brooks, if it pays off with basketball results in terms of statistically. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's absolutely the reason why, part of the And Van Vliet, that's, when showing their professionalism, Van Vliet's first interview session, talking about part of the reason why he's here. He's been there, done that, won championships. He knew part of what he was here to do was to guide these young players kind of to become total NBA professionals. I, I, I th- it's going to lead to more wins. Now, it's yeah. how much more? It's how, what what big percentage do they jump? 713-780-3776-3338 says you, you, you can want both, though you prefer one over the other. Not really. Not really, because the Rockets had X amount of money to spend. The moment you sign Fred Van Vliet, the James Harden decision's out the window. If you went the other way, James Harden Fred Van Vliet, over Fred Van Vliet, you can't bring in both. The money just doesn't no. work. So if you want one... It eliminates the other. So so directly saying Fred Van Vliet was the better fit is indirectly saying I want nothing to do with James Harden. Plus, James Harden was only going to go somewhere else 
if it meant making more than he was due to make in the option that he was going to get in Philly, which meant he wanted a max deal because he was already going to get over $36 million to stay with the Sixers. He wanted a bag. And, and the Rockets, rightly so, should have never even thought about offering him a max deal. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. The Texans belong to what category in the NFL relative to the other teams in the league? It's the Killer Bees.